0: Hi, I'm Will McHenry, the program associate at Ponars Eurasia, and with us today is Volodymyr Dobovik, an associate professor at Michnikov National University in Odessa, Ukraine. Uh, Volodymyr, thank you so much for joining me for this Ponars podcast. Why should the U.S. care about Ukraine? Why um, is helping Ukraine in the United States' interests?
1: Right, that's a good question, and that question being asked not just by uh, average Americans, uh, and that's a legitimate one, because Ukraine is far away, and why indeed uh, Ukraine should be of interest to to, to this country. And I know there is a growing libertarian uh, strain of thought in this country as well, when the people are basically objecting to U.S. interfering in various conflicts and problems uh, around the globe. So in that light, uh, the question why Ukraine is important becomes even more. Uh, a significant and more kind of vital and timely question well first of all i think that uh, uh, ukraine and u.s are strategic partners formally uh, no one ever repudiated the the agreement of them being strategic partners also back in 94 u.s uh, has signed a budapest memorandum which has provided ukraine with some loose and vague security assurances but still uh, that document again no one ever denounced it or, or stopped it from being in place and that means that uh, u.s has some responsibilities to help ukraine to withstand russian aggression also that being said uh, i think that u.s has interests in the wider eurasian space and in that respect uh, uh, you, you know u.s uh, should be opposed and is opposed to russian aggression uh, uh the aggression of Euro- russia against ukraine both in crimea and then in Donbas, which is ongoing, unfortunately, is something which is sending the, the stress signals, the shocking waves through the entire Eurasia. So in that respect, uh, it goes well beyond Ukraine, the future of Ukraine. Uh, it really is something which is uh, threatening the entire order, you know, the post-Soviet uh, order, the post-Cold War order in that space. And that's for when people say that, Uh, This is something that should be taken into account uh, in terms of potential, future, possible Russian aggression against other players in that space. Perhaps Belarus, perhaps Moldova, maybe Baltics, maybe Poland, maybe Romania. None of these scenarios, um, I'm afraid, should be excluded because for many years everyone who was saying that Russia could attack militarily Ukraine was basically always rejected as a kind of crazy person. And then it happened, all right? So nothing is uh, impossible. And in that respect, uh, U.S. should be caring about this uh, because U.S. has a lot of uh, uh, partnerships with the countries in the region. U.S. should care about the growing resurgence of Russia and assertiveness, aggressiveness of Russia. Uh, U.S. is still a leader of NATO, uh, despite what uh, some doubts that President Trump might have personally. Uh, uh, if there is an agreement, there is a consensus within this country, within the foreign policy establishment, that U.S. role in NATO is indisputable. And therefore, any attempt to uh, threaten a NATO member is of significance. And Ukraine is next door. I mean, obviously, Ukraine is not a NATO member, uh, but it's next door to some of those NATO members. So uh, I guess uh, U.S. Uh, should be also Caring about the, 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 the break of the international order that the Russian aggression since 2014 manifests by itself. Uh, uh, because he, again, the US was very active in encrusting in setting up those rules and principles of the international order, which have been violated now by, by the Russian aggression. So I think that there are many uh, you know, reasons there that might uh, explain why U.S. shouldn't stand aside and should actually care about what happens to Ukraine, uh, uh, specifically uh, you know, uh, in the light of uh, uh, ongoing struggle that Ukraine has with Russia.
0: On that note, how has U.S. policy towards Ukraine changed under the Donald Trump administration?
1: Surprisingly, and I actually talked about that in my presentation, in my memo, in my presentation for the annual uh, Ponder Asia conference, uh, which took place on September 21st. Uh, I talked about that uh, specifically, and surprisingly, uh, there have been a lot of continuity. Uh, and I use the word surprisingly because primarily of Donald Trump himself. Uh, who has a number of occasions on the campaign trail and ever since becoming the president, uh, indicating that he would like uh, to have some sort of a deal and rapprochement with Russia. And uh, the understanding was, and and, uh, the worry was in in Ukraine, that that kind of deal or bargain or rapprochement with Russia might have taken place at the expense of Ukraine's interests and that Ukraine might be thrown under the bus. Um, when he was in campaign trail, uh, President uh, to be Trump was saying things like. I should probably recognize Crimea as a part of Russian Federation, for instance. Uh, And that's uh, why we didn't expect anything good uh, coming out of him becoming a president, frankly, in Ukraine. Uh, But uh, you know that what uh, this administration is doing is basically having several foreign policies in place, not just on Ukraine direction. I mean, globally, in many other regions, the president is saying one sort of things. Uh, And then the people working under him are much more in line with traditional uh, foreign policy of this country, having some sort of continuity and inertia and uh, many of the things that the previous administration of Barack Obama did uh, when Russian aggression against Ukraine started. Uh, are still pretty much uh, uh, the same track is being continued and upheld by the current administration. The sanctions are still in place, uh, and actually there are more sanctions. We are now well into the second year of Trump's uh, uh, administration, and there are more uh, sanctions, and there are more sanctions in the works now in the Congress. I mean, obviously, we shouldn't uh, forget about the role of the Congress here. So uh, uh, the U.S. is not uh, a dictatorship. It's not just one... Uh, a branch of power. It's really, uh, uh, you know, checks and balances are in place, and that's important. So whenever President disagrees with Congress, Congress still has its say. And Congress was driving, really, the tough line of reaction uh, to what Russia is doing towards Ukraine. Uh, and that is that is great, so the sanctions are in place, uh, weapons have been sa- sent. Uh, the previous administration decided against sending lethal weapons to help Ukraine to fight uh, Russian aggression in Donbas. This administration, after certain considerations and talks and internal discussions, have, uh, uh, have uh, changed that position and uh, anti-tank uh, missiles, uh, javelins have been sent to Ukraine. And there is now talk about Ukraine receiving even more lethal weapons. And just days uh, ago, uh, another 250 million have been allocated for the military assistance of, of United States to Ukraine. Uh, now it's an uh, open question how it's going to be spent. Uh, there are many talks. Uh, there are talks, for instance, that Ukraine should be uh, getting help uh, in uh, putting uh, its air force in place in, the, in a certain uh, you know, mobile and viable and working order. Uh, and also, there are talks about U- Ukraine's navy being re- basically reinstated because we didn't have much of a navy to speak of previously. Uh, but ever since Crimean annexation happened, we just basically don't have any at all. And, and then we have a big coastline and which means that we are open and vulnerable in Ukraine to any Russian potential attack from, from the seaside. So that becomes, becomes a big problem. So uh, that being probably needs to be addressed, uh, you know, and there is a talk about Ukraine maybe getting some sort of what they call mosquito fleet, uh, which is a navy, uh, which is not really a full scale navy, but it would at least give Ukraine some uh, sort of protection from seaside. And there are many other ways uh, that uh, U- U- U.S. is helping. Uh, there was a Crimean declaration... On July 25th, the State uh, Department, the Secretary of State Pompeo, uh, he issued that declaration basically saying that U.S. would never recognize Crimea being part of Russian Federation. At the same time in that declaration, there was a mention of the Sumner-Wells Declaration from 1940, which was pertaining to then uh, three Baltic Republics, Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia. Uh, Again, uh, through the times of Cold War, U.S. never recognized formally those three republics being part of Soviet Union. So now Crimean is mentioned in the same light, uh, which means it's a good thing that U.S. does not recognize it for us in Ukraine. It's a good thing that U.S. does not recognize it part of Russian Federation. But it also means uh, that U.S. understands uh, and uh, admits that there is no quick, easy solutions to the Crimean issue, that there are no ways that would allow uh, Ukraine with our friends uh, in the world, including U.S., uh, to address this issue in a way that would allow us to... Uh, uh, reintegrate Crimea or get U- Crimea back into Ukraine's fault anytime soon. So I mean uh, the line goes on uh, and uh, uh, like I say there are a lot of people in various uh, government agencies uh, from uh, Department of Defense obviously where we, where we always had most of the uh, friendly to Ukraine people over various years and different administrations uh, to the State Department, to National Security Council. I mean, uh, you name it, uh, you have a lot of people who basically understand that Ukraine uh, needs support and requires support and and Ukraine is worthy of American support. That there is a rationale behind it.
0: Finally, how is the U.S. seen in Ukraine?
1: Well, U.S. is uh, seen in Ukraine primarily in a favorable light. And I should say that actually Amer- U.S. was seen... Uh, friend in a friendly light, uh, in a positive light in Ukraine, even prior to the events of 2014 up till now, uh, there was always much lower level of anti-Americanism in U- in Ukraine, comparing say to Russia. Um, now th- that being said, of course, there are some people in Ukraine who are still pro-Russian, despite the ongoing U- Ukraine-Russia wa- war. Uh, and those people would probably not be very fancy of US or US role in the region. Uh, There are some people in Ukraine who believe that the entire Ukraine-Russia conflict is something which is provoked by American policies or maybe EU and NATO as well. Uh, But most Ukrainians are definitely of the opinion that the U.S. uh, have been helpful in terms of financial support for reforms, in terms of American push uh, for Ukraine to do the right thing and finally address the issue of widespread corruption, uh in terms of helping with uh, military assistance because i mentioned the number of 250 that's just the last trench in the previous years there was mo- even more money so it kind of amounts to a serious uh, a serious amount of money a uh, total sum of already what has been allocated to help ukraine militarily uh there have been uh, many talks in ukraine in terms of like why americans are not helping us more uh, through the prism of the Budapest memorandum but then again uh, a lot of people don't understand that Budapest memorandum was really like i said was a vague uh, just a paper of assurance of security assurance to Ukraine which basically called for uh, for in, in case Ukraine is uh, under attack it called for uh, via, for the consultations between the US uh, and Ukraine and other signatories uh, like the United Kingdom, for instance, and Ukraine. And also that the U.S. would bring the attention of the international community and international organizations to the issue of Ukraine being under attack, which, which it has done in in United Nations Security Council on a number of occasions, on dozens of occasions. So basically, if you look at the Budapest Memorandum, I mean, the U.S. is pretty much uh, fulfilled its obligations and actually maybe even stepped over and did even more that was promised in that document. And by the way, there is upcoming uh, United Nations General Assembly next starting next week in New York. Uh, and I'm sure that this issue of uh, Russian aggression against Ukraine will be there on the agenda again. And there's no doubt that, uh, uh, you know, that uh, was even uh, new people in place, uh, Nikki Haley, uh, being a special representative of the United Nations uh, in the uh, United Nations, it will be addressed in a proper way, because actually, if anyone in this administration spoke tough, and very critical of what Russian, Russia is doing towards Ukraine, that was Nikki Haley. Uh, I mean, uh, sometimes to the extent that people questioned uh, whether she is in, uh, in line with what president <laughs> wants her to say or to do. But uh, it, it looks like um, here as well, uh, uh, you know, the, it, there's no change, so that's interesting. And, and Ukrainians are very appreciative. Because, after all, there are many Ukrainians who understand that U.S. is far away. The U.S. also has its own concerns. It's a full play. There are many domestic problems. There are many Americans who are not uh, uh, in favor of uh, active intervention in the world at all the US is still a global power, which means it has many interests and concerns around the globe. So why should the US just drop everything else and just focus on Ukraine? Uh, There are many Ukrainians who understand that, and that's why they are still appreciating uh, very much of uh, that assistance that is forthcoming from from United States. Uh, We are also having an upcoming elections next year, first presidential and then parliamentary elections. Uh, Presidential election is gonna be happening in March of 2019. Uh, So here again, uh, I hope that U.S. will have a a careful uh, watching eye, uh, focused or trained on U.S. elections, uh, meaning that uh, we need uh, these elections uh, uh, to proceed in a democratic, uh, orderly, transparent way. Um, No violations should be allowed. So that's very important that uh, Ukrainian politicians understand that uh, the attention of international community, including the US, will be uh, paid to what's going on with this election. So uh, we need to have them free and fair for our reputation to be maintained in a certain uh, right order. So there is a big uh, agenda, the best agenda of in Ukraine-U.S. Uh, relations these days. And uh, uh, most Ukrainians are definitely understanding that uh, U.S. is a friend, which is extending uh, its helping hand to the UK- nation of Ukraine uh, in its time
0: of need. Fascinating. volodymyr yeah. thank you so much right. for joining me for this uh, Ponar's podcast. Thank you, Will, for having me.